This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's worship him. Praise God. Everybody still full from Thanksgiving? <laughs> Let's praise him, y'all. Thank you, God, for your presence. Glory. Two, one, two, ready, and. Verse one. You are the Lord God Almighty. You're perfect in everything you do. The angels declare you are holy. There no one else compares to you. We stand in awe of your glory. There is no other God like you. Presence we offer you what we were created to do, the creation, the creation, every nation, every nation, give a praise, let the people, all the children, all the children, praise the Lord. You are the Lord God Almighty, you're perfect in everything you do. Angels declare you are holy. Then no one else compares to you. We stand in awe of your glory. There is no other God like you. And here in your presence we offer you what we were created to do. Let creation, let creation, every nation, generation, generation, praise the people. Let the people, all the children, all the children lift your voices, lift your voices, lift the praises, the creation, every nation, every nation, generation, give a praise, let the people, all the children, lift your voices, give the praises. We love the voice in your praise. Shout your name. We lift our hands up to the sky. We lift your name on high. Let creation, every nation, generation, give him praises. Let the people, all the children, lift your voices. Give him praises. Let creation, every nation. Wanna try to bridge again, Biggie? Give a praise, let the bridge. Bridge. All the children, 
Rich. Rich. Freedom is here. 
I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in you. Reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in you. Sickness can't stay any longer. 
resting in our fears. You are the God of all power, and it is your will that my life is healed. Say it, y'all. Sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. my hands I lift my hands to the heavens I lift my eyes where my help comes from I look to you my rock my healer I trust in you I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in you. No bow goes in the band. Singers, come back in. Same thing. I reach my hands. Come on. I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes to where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in you. From the top, healing is here. Healing is here. Oh, healing is here. Healing is here. Thank you, God. And I receive it. Keep singing. Let them sing it too. Come on, sing, y'all. Healing is here. Yeah. Let me hear you. Oh. Healing is here. You believe it? Yeah. Healing is here. Oh. And Keep going. I believe it. Come on, make a declaration. Healing is here. Good. And I it. Just play a little bit.
Bless you, Jesus. You are here. You're the healer. You're true to your word. You said wherever two or more gather together in your name, you'll be right there. You're here, Lord. We recognize you. You're the healer. You're our healing. And we receive you. We believe you, Lord. And we say, have your way. We're your temple. You do as you will. You do as you please, Lord. We're grateful to be in your presence, Lord. We're grateful to have you here, oh God. Without you, we could Just do nothing, be nothing, and are nothing. But we're not without you. You're here in our midst. And Lord, you know every heart, every situation. You know all that is going on here in Thank this place. But not just here. Father, throughout the nations, you know. And we're asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to demonstrate your good pleasure. Demonstrate your good pleasure, Lord. Lord, we cry out sometimes to what we think we need, but you demonstrate your good pleasure. You said many are the plans of our hearts, but it's your purpose that will prevail. And that's what we're asking for. You to prevail, Lord, in our lives, Lord, personally, and as a body called Passion Church. But not just as a body called Passion Church, but in the body of Christ in this earth. Show and demonstrate your good pleasure to us and through us, Lord. To many, Lord, who don't know you, many who are hurt, many who are broken, many who are alone, Lord. And don't know where to look to, Lord. Let your light shine mightily in and from us, O oh God, to them. Lord, grant us boldness, O oh God. Let us not be a people of timidity because that's not you. You have not given us that spirit of timidity but a power and love and a sound mind. Use us as you will, O oh God. And in sometimes in spite of ourselves, use us only as you can. Father, on this campus, move right now. In every dorm room, in every classroom, in the library, wherever they may be, oh God. Let your spirit fall on them, Father. You said in the last days you pour out your spirit upon all flesh. And you began to do it over 2,000 years ago, Lord. But continue, even today, pour out your spirit. Draw Holy Ghost because they can't come to Jesus unless you're drawn. Show yourself to them. Reveal Jesus. Reveal that great love and great grace that you are. Only as you can, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. I want us just to... Uh, Thank you, guys. We pray for Aida Harris, Jeremiah, and the family. She lost her son, EJ. We want to lift them up. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is anointed to heal the brokenhearted. If you've lost a loved one, especially a child, you know exactly what we're talking about. But we want to just lift them up this morning. Father... Right now we lift up uh, Aida and Jeremiah and all the family, Lord. Father, the heartache, the heartbreak of losing a son, a brother, Lord, it, it hurts. There's no question about it. But Father, you are the healer of the brokenhearted. And I pray, Father, that your peace that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and minds that the Comforter of the Holy, the Holy Spirit will strengthen them in the innermost being. That, Father, that there will be joy in place of sorrow. That You, O oh God, will move and bring healing into their lives. Bring soundness and wholeness again. Father, You said that tears endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Father, remind them that, Father, that EJ is in their future. That to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Father, remind them of Your promises, Your faithfulness. Thank You for Your keeping hand upon them, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Well, welcome to Passion Church. Why don't you just turn, take a moment, greet somebody. We're so glad that you're here this morning. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare unto you that God loves you, that He is a very present help for you no matter what you're facing. He is the strength of your life. Hallelujah. Well, I want to welcome you to Passion Church, especially if you happen to be with us for the first time. We're glad that you're here. We welcome you. I'm Pastor Norris. I'm the lead pastor here. We're glad that you're here. <clears throat> Most of all, we're glad that Jesus is here. Amen? Hallelujah. Trust you all had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully you were with friends or family. <clears throat> You had a good time. We know that there's still people out of town. They'll be making their way back to town today. And we just uh, declare in Jesus' name, Father, for a safe trip for all who are on the road today, that your angels watch over them and bring them safely to their home. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I want to uh, read you a scripture here as we prepare to give uh, in the offering this morning, our tithes and offerings. And let me just remind you, sometimes you might want to, if you... Uh, can't make it to the service or something, you can go online on our website. You can give online if you like to do that. You can also give by credit card if you like to do it that way for your convenience. So both of those ways are an option to you as well. Uh, just want to remind you of that. <clears throat> In Galatians chapter 6, 
I want to read you this scripture, verse 7. He said, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. You know, God has made the earth and the heavens according to this principle. Sowing and reaping. And he said, so much so that he said, listen, God is not mocked. In other words, you're not going to be the exception. You know, in your garden, you're not going to be able to sow, uh, you know, uh, briars and reap tomatoes. You know, you don't have a magical garden that you can do that. It works the same way in China as it works in the United States. It works the same way in the northern hemisphere as in the southern hemisphere. It works the same way everywhere, in every neighborhood, in every city. Doesn't matter where it is. Sowing and reaping work the same way. God is the guarantor of that. Not only in the natural realm, but especially in the spiritual realm. You know, if you think about it, what did God do with Jesus? The Bible says He was a seed that was sown. God sowed the seed of His only begotten Son at Calvary. And now what? Down through these nearly 2,000 years, He has reaped back many sons and daughters. <clears throat> but you know what? Even for salvation, this principle had to be put into, uh, into emotion. Wow. Because if the seed... Jesus had not been sown, there would have been no salvation. There would have been no forgiveness of sins, would there? Because the Bible said if the, if the giving of the law or rules or regulations could have redeemed us, then Jesus would not have had to die. But He was the seed sown. So this morning, uh, as you're giving with your tithes, your offerings, it is a seed sown. And I say this so that you will know this. It says, God will not be mocked when it comes to your faithfulness in your giving. Listen, Passion Church, you give. Listen, God says, I guarantee you this, that I'm going to make sure that what you sow, you're going to reap back. And that's not just true for this. It's true in anything, isn't it? You sow forgiveness, what you're going to get. You sow love, what you're going to get. You sow kindness, what you're going to get. Hallelujah. So you don't like what you've been reaping? Change what you're sowing, or at least examine what you've been sowing. Isn't that right? <clears throat> you know, you, you're sowing that old stinking attitude. Guess what you're going to get back? <laughs> you know, in another place, God says you don't just get back what you sowed. You get it back good measure. <laughs> I don't think I want none of that good stuff multiplied back to me. <laughs> hey, man, I want the good stuff. You know, and I want to sow that. So thank you for your faithfulness this morning. If you're giving this morning, you hold that offering in your hand. We're going to pray over it. If you are our uh, first-time visitor, I hope you got a little red and white card. Uh, just take a couple of minutes, fill that out with your information, drop it in the bucket when it comes by. I'd like to reach out to you and just say thank you for being with us today. Maybe we can, uh, maybe after the service, we'll be down at the front. Cindy and I would love to meet you and just say thank you. Glad that you were here today on this holiday weekend. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessing. 
Lord, we celebrate this weekend. We celebrated something here in America called Thanksgiving. Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you. You're so good to us. You're so good. Father, I know life is not perfect. It has its bumps and its ups and its downs. But through it all and in it all, you are faithful and good. And we are so thankful. Receive our gifts back to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your giving. Right now, we're going to have a testimony from Miss Connie Evans. Connie, come on up here while I'm introducing you. Is Chris coming with you? No, Chris is not coming with you. Okay. <clears throat> now, uh, I want you to listen carefully. You know, the Bible says uh, concerning us as believers that we overcome the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the what? The word of our testimony. Testimony is an awesome thing. You know what it is? It is a declaration of faith, and it is a declaration of what God is at work doing in our lives. And you know, we need to hear that God not only has done something, has done something, has done miracles, but we need to hear what about the miracles God's doing today. So, Connie, you got five minutes now. You can't preach. Unless you can do it in five minutes. Connie's going to be sharing some, some awesome things that's taking place in her life by, with God. So I'm going to stand right here by you. Oh, my gracious, this journey has been awesome. This voice I've got is not anything to do with the gift. It's I have no listen. Stretch one of my vocal cords. If I'm not making a whole lot of sense, just ask me to speak up. But anyhow, it's the prayers that you all have lifted up. This is a mighty church, a mighty praying church. Because, you know, we have in the beginning a tendency to think, this is kind of a rough journey I'm on. But, you know, all of a sudden, when you let the Holy Spirit take over, 
and get in your life. It's an awesome journey. And Jesus says, praise me in everything, the good and the bad. Well, I had this cross to bear, and it was called cancer. And in the very beginning of it, he gave me a message. And you know when you hear from God, you're on his journey, not yours. And he said, what I am going to do through this cancer is not for you, but it's for others. So from the moment of salvation, when you are saved, your life is not yours anymore. It's what God can do through you. And that's where the joy of life comes from. The miracles, the blessings, through God's mercy and His, His grace, the But anyhow, went into the cancer clinic in February for the second time. This was And the doctor came You know The hair was left. Never one minute was I ever in any upset with sickness. Never threw up. Never those effects. It is your prayers. Prayers work. I have a daughter that's got a bank praying for me. My husband has two Jewish women. They have just lavished me with their love. You got to do it for you. You've got a pretty good deal for me. Oh, God, I love the Jews. But anyhow, life is awesome. It's a joy. When you get up in the morning, you just take your cross and say, Come on, Jesus is with me. I can go through anything I have to go through. And you get to smile at people that look at you look kind of strange. And you know that you can get to them by smiling. Oh, Jesus is awesome. And the travels, the, the road I'm on, the journey I'm on, is an awesome journey and if any of you ever need any prayer or you ever need any counseling i've been through a lot but it's awesome to be able the joy of jesus is worth nothing else and it makes your life worthwhile else is on the same journey with me oh gosh everybody find jesus if you can't find that joy over and see your leaves, keep on looking for it, keep on praying for it until you receive it, because that's what God wants you to I love Jesus, and I know you all do too. Thank you for your time. Five minutes is Now, that was a beautiful testimony, but I want to know, tell us where where you're at with the cancer right now because you've had some good reports haven't you? yeah i had one really bad report and so they changed the chemo i mean the chair was best of me that's all i could see was sitting in that chair then all of a sudden we changed the chemo and the reports came back 
they read one thing and the other report said another. So the doctor said, I think in the near future, you may even be able to come off this chemo for a while. So, you know, but every day's a blessing. Every day. You know, the Lord could have taken me out in an automobile accident. I would have been gone. But now he didn't choose to do that. He doesn't do any bad things. He just takes what we get and turns it into a blessing. And my family is my blessing too. Not only my church family, but I've had an opportunity to witness to my family just by being here. Just by being here. And closer and closer. And it is all about family. Pastor is right on. Okay. Just before she goes, I want you to just stretch your hand up here. We're going to just agree in prayer that what God has begun, He also will finish. Father, You are, You said about Jesus, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, what You've begun, the healing process that has begun in our sister's body, we thank You that it shall be completed and perfected. Father, that we will hear a testimony that she is cancer-free. Father, we declare in Jesus' name, that she is the healed of the Lord, that her body is recovering, oh God, from this cancer, that every cell in her body is responding to the spirit of life, to the spirit of life, reviving, rejuvenating, and bringing health and strength to her body. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, thank you for praying. Thank you for believing. Great things happen when God's people pray and believe. Isn't that right? Because you can go down praying. But if you pray and believe, you're going to go over. Because Jesus said, didn't just say when you pray. He said when you pray, believe, didn't he? Hallelujah. Big difference. Isn't that right? <clears throat> hallelujah. Well... Anybody know what our series is about this month? Welcome home. Good for you. I'm so glad you're listening. That encourages your pastor. And uh, today we're going to finish up this series on welcome home. We we'll talk about laying up treasures. And you know, we want to make sure that in all that we do, you know, I know, uh, you know this. Most of us have some kind of financial planning or we're saving or we're saving for college or we're saving for retirement or we're doing this, we're doing that. And I, I think all that's just wonderful and great and good. But I'm telling you, in all that we're doing, let's make sure that we understand the real treasures that we should be laying up. You know, <clears throat> there, there's a, the Cathedral of Milan there in northern Italy. There's uh, triple arches in that cathedral and the following phrases are over these arches. On one side it says, all that pleases is but for a moment. On the other side it says, all that troubles is but for a moment. And in the center arch, the middle arch, it says, that only is important, which is eternal. And so what we're trying to say, I think, with that, those inscriptions is, is that we need to make sure we have the right perspective about life, don't we? The right perspective. 
you know, things happen in life. Isn't that right? You found that out, Connie. Cindy and I found that out. Cindy, uh, you know, many of you know if you were in this church many years ago, she also went through the same battle you're going through with cancer. And 25 years later, hallelujah, still got the victory. But things happen in life. We understand that. And, and, and things are going to happen. Good things happen. And, and things you didn't expect happen. And bad things happen. But we need to keep our perspective about it all, don't we? It's very important. So uh, today I want to talk about us keeping our focus upon the eternal and to make sure that we lay up the treasures that we should. In Colossians chapter 3, <clears throat> you know, we've been talking again all this month about welcome home. And it's really about... The welcome home is about welcoming those who do not know God, who do not know Jesus, welcome them, and them finding a home here at Passion Church. That they can come and feel welcome. They don't have their act together. They don't have everything just right. They don't have their ducks in a row. Uh, However we want to describe it, but we are going to be a place where everyone feels welcome. You're welcome. You're not judged. You're not criticized. You're not condemned. We're not out to, you know, to find every speck that's in your your uh, eye. You know, we're busy working on the plank that's in our own eye. And so we, you know, once we, you know, we talked about it last week. We kind of have to, you know, we we start by practicing on ourselves, not others. Isn't that right? We we examine our own what's in our own eye first and practice on ourselves. You know, because I found out that once you practice on yourself for a little bit, it's amazing how patient and how sympathetic and how much love you can show working with other people. Isn't that true? I mean, you didn't get it right overnight. It took you a couple of weeks at least, didn't it? So we have to be patient with other people, right? Verse 1, Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where's our focus? Things above. Listen, when when life hands you something you really don't want and you didn't answer for, you know what you got to do at that point? Focus on things which what? Are above. It's the difference between going under and going over many times, isn't it? He said, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, we know that Jesus is seated, he said here, at the right hand of God, but the Bible also says that we are seated together with Him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. That's our position. When life hands you something that you didn't want, you don't like, remember your perspective. I remember uh, we were going out to Seattle to see our youngest son back in September. We were flying, uh, you know, on the airplane, and we were going over the Rocky Mountains, you know. But we were up high enough that our perspective was totally different from the airplane than when we landed in Denver for a little while, and we got on the ground there in Denver. Our perspective of those mountains was totally different. Up here, we were above them. We could see the snow caps. We could see all that. But, man, it was smooth sailing where we were. We were up in the plain. But you got down on the ground, you saw 
how big those mountains really looked, how big they really were. And I'm so glad I didn't have to go climb over to get to where I was going. And sometimes, you know, when life hands us difficulties and obstacles are in our way, one of the reasons uh, that it seems so hard as we're going through it is because we've got the wrong focus. We need to refocus from our heavenly perspective. We're looking down on these things, and up here in the heavenly realm is smooth sailing. Man, you get up there, if you've flown in those planes, you know how it is? The sun's always shining up there. There ain't never a cloudy day up there. <laughs> Amen. It's all about perspective. He said, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. Say, I died. Is that news for you? <laughs> you did. And your life is now. When? Now. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Jesus has never had a depressed day. <laughs> Are you listening? You know, they used to sing the old song, Home, Home on the Range. Remember, anybody remember that old song? Where never is heard a discouraging word. And the clouds are, uh, and the skies are uncloudy all day. That, that's really heaven. It's not home on, home on the range is in heaven. Because there's what? Never, there's never heard a discouraging word there at the right hand of the Father. It's all victory. It's all healing. It's all blessing. It's all peace. It's all joy. It's all goodness. It's all blessing. Never has heard a discouraging word there. <laughs> Amen. You know what? When something comes, if you listen real closely from your heavenly perspective, you know what the Father say? I got it. I got this. I got this. I got this. Don't, don't worry. I got this. You see, too many times we're down here, we're looking at the mountain from our perspective instead of looking at it from God's perspective. <clears throat> Turn over, if you will, to Matthew 6. I want to ask you a question about, and this is so important about maintaining perspective. That is, what is your treasure? What is my treasure? A question we need to ask ourselves often. What is my treasure? What is my treasure? In Matthew 6, I just want to read a portion uh, beginning in verse 19. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, for moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also notice what he says here he says your heart's going to follow your treasure your heart is going to follow your treasure now there's no use you saying no i'm i'm the exception because jesus the son of god said this said your heart follows your treasure See, why, why, why do we get so upset when something happens here on earth? It's because what? It, our, our heart's attached to it. Are you listening? 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing if it's a person or a relationship. But when it comes to a thing, don't let your heart be attached to a thing. Are you listening to it? Not to a thing. I mean, I don't know how many houses we've owned yet, but you know, I'm not, I'm not crying over the the first house we bought because I don't still have it. I'm enjoying the one I got now. Amen. I've learned this, you know. Even, even, even if you have a setback, all that is is setting you up for a comeback. <laughs> Comebacks are fun. Comebacks are awesome. You get to see God's miraculous working power. I mean, I mean, one minute you're you're knocked down, the next minute, man, you're you're riding high again. Glory to God. If you maintain your perspective, and if you let your 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 treasure be where it ought to be. So I'm asking you this morning, what is your treasure? Notice he said your heart's going to follow your treasure. It's always going to follow it. Then the the second question that really this is really a twofer. What is my treasure? Where is my treasure? Is it in the stock market? Well, I got news for you. You're in for a ride. Anybody that, that's got investments that are attached to the stock market, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I mean, there's been years past when, you know, when we'd get the report about, you know, our investments tied to the stock market, and we just put it in the drawer because you couldn't look at it. It didn't look good. It was like, just put that over and keep speaking the word. Over that stock market. You know why it's booming now, don't you? Because we've been speaking the word over you. Well, see, why don't you just, if you're not doing that, why don't you just join with us and, and speak that blessing over the stock market, you know, as they say, when the tide comes in, every ship rises. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. You say, yeah, but some of them old sinners are getting blessed. Well, that's all right. The wealth of the wicked is just being laid up for the righteous anyway. Let them prosper. It's going to roll on over into the kingdom when God needs it. <laughs> Are you listening? All right, let me get back over here. So where is my treasure? My treasure is in heaven. And this is what we're talking about. The people that we show kindness to, the people that we share the gospel to, the people that we pray for, the people that we welcome here to Passion Church and see God save them and heal them and heal their marriage and change their lives and and turn their life around. You know what you're doing? All of that is laying up treasure in heaven. Absolutely. I'm going to prove it to you before we leave. So here's the thing. What what are our success metrics? You know, when you got a project or you got something, you're trying to measure, you know, how well your project's going or how well your company's doing. Usually they always have some something they call success measures. These are the things we look at to see if what? If things are, are going the way we want to, if they're moving in a, an upward way, in a positive way. So for your life, what is a success metric for your life? Well, I can tell you, you know, in our culture what they are. Number one, money. Money, 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 money. Don't get me wrong, we need money, but that's not a success metric. Nowhere in the Scriptures is that a success metric. Are you listening to him? Money is a servant. Are you listening? So the more money you have, the more service you can offer. Isn't there? 
I mean, come on. We start talking about money. People get in church. We get all, I don't know what. Come on. You'd rather have $10 or a million dollars. Thank you for your honesty. That's true. Sure. Well, you can do more with a million. You can do more for the kingdom. You can bless your family. You can bless other people. You can give more to the poor. You can support more missions with a million than you can with ten. I'd be happy if you were all millionaires. Wouldn't make me gloomy a bit. <laughs> Woo! I'd start breaking ground tomorrow. Wouldn't bother me. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know some people that get all, oh, well, you know, they get, you know, some Christians that get all upset because, you know, God's prospering some people. My Bible says rejoice with those who are rejoicing. I guarantee you, don't be afraid to come tell your pastor because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout with you. I'm going to shout with you. But it's not a metric of success. It's a tool. It's a servant. It's a resource. It's not, a, it's not about a metric of success. Paul says, I've been rich and I've been down without anything. He said, in both places, he said, I was perfectly content. Because I was right doing what God had called me to do. You know why? Because that wasn't the measure of success. The measure of success is what? Is number one, we belong to God. And number two, we are doing His will to the best of our knowledge and ability. And we are desiring to please and serve Him. That's our success metric. Listen, I've, listen, I've, I've been where I didn't have enough money to make a phone call. Some of you young folks don't know what I mean by that. There used to be something called a pay phone. Before we had the internet and cell phones, it was called a pay phone. And used to, you know, used to you could put a nickel or a dime in, then it went up to a quarter, and then it went up to 50 cents. But you put the money in and you, you know, and that's how you, that was the cell phone when I was young. It was called a pay phone. <laughs> if you... If you were out on traveling or something, you had an emergency, you had to find a payphone. Isn't that right? That's exactly what you had to do. And you know, uh, we have to understand what this, what success is about. Success is not about money. And I can remember a time when we didn't have enough money to make a phone call. Am I lying? I'm telling the truth. Or if we now I take that back. We did. We had what? One time we had a, just enough for a phone call. 35 cents. I'll take that back. We had 35 cents. We weren't flat, bro. And we, we're just coming back from the mission field. We had 35 cents. 35 cents. Can't do a whole lot with 35 cents, can you? I mean, here we are. We're coming. We're coming from the mission field. We've been following God and doing what God said. Doing, you know, it, you, you know, you just so easy to have a pity party. I don't understand why this happened to me. I, I've been trying to do what Start feeling sorry for yourself. But God turned it around. I said, God turned it around. You know what? That's all we needed at that moment. Made one phone call. From there, everything else just began to happen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that right? Amen.
You know, and I've seen times when someone turned around and gave me a check for $10,000. That was wonderful too. But you know what? That wasn't a measure of my success. Doing the will of God is a measure of our success. So it's not money. It's not status. It's not possessions. That's what the, the world's about, isn't it? You know? Man, what kind of iPhone you got? I mean, what kind of cell phone you got? You got the latest iPhone. $1,000 for the latest iPhone. $1,000. First car ever owned. I could have bought five of them. <laughs> yeah, when I, back, back when I was starting college, uh, my first car, $200. Boy, you know that had all the bells and whistles, don't you? <laughs> Holy cow. You know, check the gas and fill up the oil. <laughs> it's not about possessions. You know, since then, you know, I've driven a lot of really nice cars. But you know what? It, it's not about that. It didn't change my relationship with God. It didn't change how God saw me. It didn't change the fact that I'm a son of God. I'm more than a conqueror. All the promises of God are mine. God's plan and purpose for my life didn't change because I drive a Lincoln or I was driving a bicycle. I know this is real down, but this is where we live, isn't it? So what is our success metrics? Well, let me give you what Jesus said our success metrics are. I won't give you my opinion. I'll give you Jesus' opinion. Then if you don't like it, you can argue with him. (laughs) Amen. Matthew 23, verse 11. Listen to this. He said, uh, the greatest among you. I mean, he wants to be the greatest in the kingdom. Okay, here's your qualifications. The greatest among you will be your servant. Success metrics in the kingdom is serving. Uh Uh-oh. That's sure not our culture, is it? Man, our culture, you got to climb, you want to climb the ladder of success. You don't want to be on that bottom rung, you know, where, you know, where, you know, you got to serve and everything. Man, we want to be at the top, so everybody's waiting on me. You know, I don't want to bring you coffee. I want you bringing me coffee. Come on. Because what? In our culture, that's what we have equated as a success metric. But in the kingdom, Jesus said it's not so. He said that the most gifted, the most with, with the most ability, the most anointing, the most grace, the most everything from God. He said, be a servant. All that was given to you, what? Not so people could come and say, oh, how wonderful you are. It's so that you could serve more people. The more gifted you are, the more people you'll serve if you use it. Are you listening? Absolutely. Absolutely. The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be what? Exalted. So what is the success metrics? It's serving. Serving. What are we doing with what we have? 
That is the measure of your success. And you can serve whether you got 35 cents or $10,000. Amen? Absolutely. Because that has no effect on the gift that God's given me and the gift that God's given you. Because that gift's already been paid up. Hallelujah. Let's talk about treasure seekers. In the Scriptures, there are five crowns specifically mentioned. You may be able to find reference to more, but there's five that I want to talk about. We're talking about treasure seekers. So what, what kind of treasures are we laying up? First of all, there's a crown called the crown of righteousness. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. How are you doing out there? Doing all right? 2 Timothy 4. The crown of righteousness. Now, this crown of righteousness are for those who love the thought of Jesus' return and who are experiencing the purifying effect of the knowledge of His return. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 7 and 8. Paul said, I have fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, now there is Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who long for His appearing. Now what is that day He's talking about? It's the day that we will, of the appearing of Jesus Christ when we will stand before Him and give an account, not for our salvation, but for what we did with God's plan, God's purpose, God's gifting, and God's will for our life. Paul says, he said, I've run the race. He said, I've kept the faith. In other words, I've stayed, I've stayed faithful to the race, to the plan, to God's purpose for my life. He said, I've not deviated from it. And he said, therefore, there's going to be a crown of righteousness that the Lord God's going to give me. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be the only hatless, crownless person in heaven. Because that's going to be very conspicuous when everybody else has got a crown and you ain't got one. Ain't nobody going to really have to ask you why you don't have one, will they? We're talking about laying up treasures in heaven, treasure seekers. One of them is a crown of righteousness. Then there's a crown of life, the crown of life. Look in Revelation chapter 2. The crown of life, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. We're going to read from verse 10 there. Now, the crown of life is for those who, su- who serve through suffering, those who serve the Lord by death to self or to martyrdom. Now, you know, nobody is wanting to die, I don't think, today, are we? But you know, sometimes dying one time is easier than dying many times. Because the Bible says that we are to die, we are to crucify the flesh, and we die to our own desires in our own way in order to what? To do His desire and His, go His way. Isn't that right? Verse 10, 
He says this, he said, Do not be afraid for what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer, suffer <clears throat> pardon me, persecution for ten days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. We're talking about treasure seekers, laying up treasures, crown of righteousness, crown of life. So now you've got a second crown. Wow. Maybe, you know, on some occasions in heaven, you know, you'll wear the crown of righteousness. And maybe you want to train, change that up some, sometime and wear the crown of life. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe we can just stack them. That's kind of a strange thought, isn't it? But here's more than one crown. You ladies are like that. You like more than one pair of shoes, don't you? More than one pocketbook. Well, here you're going to have more than one crown. The crown of righteousness, the crown of life. We're talking about laying up treasures. What, what's our focus? What's important to us? And listen, these crowns are forever. They'll never lose their luster. They'll never lose their shine. They'll never lose their glory. They'll never lose their significance. They'll never lose the honor that comes with them. You know, when uh, many of you have also... You, you've gone through school, whether high school or, or college or postgraduate or doctorate degrees or whatever, but every time you go through something like that, you know, you get something called a diploma. And it not only is an acknowledgement, you know, of what, you, you know, that you've gone through a certain curriculum and mastered a certain, hopefully mastered a certain subject or subject matter, but it's also a way that shows honor for the effort it took, for the time it took, for the investment it took. Are you listening? And same way with these crowns. Through all eternity, you're wearing those things. Not only will they be beautiful, not only will they be glorious, but also there will always eternally be an honor attached to it. So when I see you up in heaven, you know, 100,000 years from now, and you're wearing that, that crown of life, I'm like, yeah, Connie. <laughs> Isn't that right? Sure it is. Crown of life. Crown of Then there's something called uh, an incorruptible crown. First Corinthians chapter nine. Let's turn over there and look real quickly. We're talking about laying up treasures in heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 24. Paul said, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Run in such, now, he's going to tell us how to do that. He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. What's the prize you want? Well, you know, I was so busy pursuing Ben Franklin down here. And now I don't have anything up there. Hello? You know, you, I hear people talking about, you know, when we get up there and, and all the glories of heaven in my mansion and all that, and I think, well, wait a minute. What you sending on ahead? Huh? I said, what you sending on ahead? See, we're, we're real quick to count up everything there. 
And we think that it's just going to be automatic. But you know what? Just like, how many of you know, if you, don't, if you just stop going to work, what's going to happen to your bank account? It's going to go down, down, down. Isn't that true? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we need to be laying, Jesus said, lay up treasures in heaven. So if he said lay up treasures in heaven, that sent to me, now I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, I don't claim to be, but if he said to lay up treasure in heaven, that implies to me that that's something I got to do on purpose. I've never heard of anybody getting accidentally rich. Somebody says, you know, they interview a billionaire. How'd you, how'd you make this money? I have no idea. I just woke up one day and went online, and there it was in my account. Shazam. But we look at spiritual things that way sometimes. And, and we get, you know, we get faith and spirituality confused with magic. It's not magic. The kingdom of God's not magic. It works based on kingdom principles that God, the creator of it, has set in place. And he says, if you live by these things, then you'll get certain results. If you don't live by these things, you won't get those results. All right. I didn't hear too many amens or anything out here. I bet if I was shouting about how God was going to bless you, no matter what, you'd be shouting. If I said God was going to help you win the lottery, you'd be shouting. This is better than the lottery. This is forever. This is forever. You lay up all them big bucks down here when you're gone, guess what? Somebody's going to be down here happy spending your money. It's called an heir. Verse 24, do not know they all run the race, runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Now, he's talking about the Olympic Games. They do it to get a crown that will not last. Do you know that now when that, that the gold medal that the uh, you know, first place Olympians win now, it's no longer gold, it's gold-plated. Man, bummer. <laughs> and if you've ever, if you ever go online, go online sometime and just, just research on Google, research what some of these people do to train, to compete, to win a gold-plated medal. I'm telling you what, it's amazing. It's tremendous. The sacrifice, the discipline. The focus. You know, they don't lay around for four years, you know, eating popcorn, drinking soda in their easy chair, and then they jump up and say, okay, I'm ready to compete. Holy cow. What, in the cannonball? (laughs) He said, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, when you see a therefore, what do you do? You look and see why it's... Therefore, there you go. I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. The way some people live their Christian life, they're just, I don't know, Pastor, I don't know what to do. What if an Olympian trading that way? 
I don't know. I, what should we do? I don't know. I, I think, you know, this, I think if we eat Cracker Jacks and drink diet soda, we'll be all right. And then you're going to compete with those people who've been up before dawn, working their body, honing their mind, getting their skills down, creating endurance, and you think you're going to compete with them? I'm trying to help you. He said, no, I beat my body. Uh Uh-oh. You know the biggest thing that will keep you from winning a crown? This stuff right here. My flesh don't want to pray. My flesh don't want to to fast. My flesh don't want to serve. My flesh don't want, my flesh sure don't want to give no money. Now, I know your flesh is all holy. But even the great apostle Paul said, he said, he said, I have to keep my body under. Your body's not redeemed yet. It still wants to do what it wants to do. This is where discipline comes in. Isn't that right? Paul says, you know, and discipline starts. You know, here's, the, here's where discipline starts, and we don't like it, because discipline starts with a two-letter word. Anybody guess what it is? A two-letter word. No. Your body wants that? No. I want to stay home from church? No. I want to stay in the bed? No. I want to eat a gallon of pistachio ice cream? No. (laughs) Come on. A whole lot of discipline begins with a no. And then, then after the no becomes a yes. No to the flesh, yes to the Spirit. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man or woman sows to, is it of the flesh, you're going to reap what? Corruption. Because that's all the flesh has to give. But if you sow to the Spirit, he said you're going to read, reap life, eternal life. Then there's a crown of rejoicing. This is a soul winner's crown for those who love the lost, who pray for the lost, and win the lost by word and by example in life. Wow. The crown of rejoicing. I want to I have a crown of rejoicing, don't you? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's look over there real quick. In all that we're doing... For God, you're praying, you're serving, you're seeking God, you're obeying Him, you're giving, you're sharing the gospel by example and by word as you have opportunity. You know what? All of that, what we call, quote unquote, the Christian life that you're doing, you're laying up treasures. I said, you're laying up treasures in heaven. And notice what he says here now, the the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading in about verse 19. Notice what he says here. He said, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown, 
or what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ when He comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. The crown of rejoicing. Paul was speaking to the Thessalonians that he had shared the gospel with, and they had uh, received Jesus They had come into the family of God, into a relationship with God as a part of the church. Paul said, you are my crown of rejoicing at the appearing and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. So now you got four changes of crowns. Wow, that's good. See, heaven might be more diverse than you think. Of course, if you don't have one, mm, not so good, is it? Then finally, the last one is the, what's called the crown of glory. This is found in 1 Peter 5. This is to faithful shepherds and leaders and also those who lift up the hands in support of those faithful shepherds and leaders. It's called the crown of glory, being faithful, being found faithful. Now, <clears throat> how many of you have heard of the Tower of London? You know, today in the Tower of London, it's the, one, the most secure place to keep the, what they call the, the crown jewels there. You know, all, the, all that the jewels that the, the Queen of England wears for state functions and all, they're all kept there. Well, the Queen's crown, listen to this. In the Queen's crown, there's 2,783 diamonds. It's a lot of diamonds, isn't it? 277 pearls, 18 sapphires, 11 emeralds, and 5 rubies. Can you imagine when you put that thing on, how it would catch the light? Almost 3,000 diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and all of that she wears, you know, for state functions, for pomp and ceremony, and it indicates her status, her rank, or the honor that's bestowed on her. Now, can you think what the crowns of heaven must be like? Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians? He said, I have not seen. Neither has it entered into the minds or hearts of men the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Woo! There's going to be some flashing and some stuff going on up in heaven. We've got all these multitude of people with all these crowns on and the glory of God reflecting off of those crowns. Woo-wee! That's going to be something, isn't it? Man, I'm going to come up and say, boy, you're styling today. Come on. Man, you're looking good. (laughs) Woo. We'll have on the robe of Christ's righteousness, the crowns that we've won. Hallelujah. And if that wasn't enough, let me tell you about where you're going to live. The new Jerusalem. Now, we find from Revelations that the New Jerusalem roughly is 1,500 miles cubed. That means 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. Boy, I hope I get one of those top floors. (laughs) Trump Tower won't have nothing on us. Can you imagine looking out your balcony? 1,500 miles up, boy, that's going to be quite a view. That's a big place. 1,500 miles is roughly 
from here to Phoenix, Arizona. That's a pretty good-sized city. Hallelujah. Now listen, I'll give you some math. That, that is equivalent to 2,250,000 square miles. If the roads were laid out on a grid, you would have 6,550,000,000 miles of road, all paved with gold. Woo! May hold my mule. Now, you know, we quote the scripture over there in the King James where he said, In my father's house there are many mansions. But if you really look at that in the original language, it means in my father's house there are many rooms. One house, many rooms. Now, listen to this. <clears throat> if everyone. Got a room, 30 by 30 by 30. You know how many rooms would be up there? Nine quadrillion. So how much is that? It's a lot. <laughs> Nine quadrillion. Now this is, this, we're talking about where's your treasure? Remember what it said over there in the great, Hebrews 11 chapter, chapter on faith, the pilgrims of faith that said about Abraham and different ones. It said, for they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. This is that city. This is where I'm interested in. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? What, if the streets are gold, can you imagine what your room's going to look like? Wow. Man, you come out of that room, flashing out of that room. All those robes and the gold glittering around and all those crowns and the heavenly host and all the angels and all the worship and the glory of God. No wonder Paul said, for our light affliction is working for us a greater much greater weight of glory. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you one thing. I ain't trading out no lean-to down here for a, a room in the mansion up there. So let me close here because my time's up. We're talking about welcome home. And Jesus in this life, has called us to be followers and fishermen. He said, follow me. Here's what I'm going to make you. Not somebody great. Not somebody that everybody goes, oh, wow. He said, I'm going to make you a fisherman. Fisherman, Lord. You don't understand. I'm educated, Lord. I got more degrees than a thermometer. Don't you know who I am? He said, you follow me. I'm going to make you a fisherman. Now, there may be a lot of other things that God uses you at in this life. But he says, if you follow me, he said, I want, he said, I'm going to make you a fisherman. And you know how we lay up the treasures in heaven? We follow him closely, and we let him make us fisher of other men. And if you do that, I promise you, 
on that day, you will not be disappointed. On that day, you're going to receive crowns from the Lord. On that day, you're going to shine like the stars in heaven. Glory to God. (laughs) So let me give you some action points and then we're going to pray. Just some things to ponder. Where is my treasure? Where is my treasure? Don't let our culture and the society of this present day give you your success metrics for life. You will live to regret it on that day. You know, we're celebrating, this is the 500th year of the Reformation. Remember when Martin Luther, the Catholic priest, he began to see some things out of the Scriptures about, you know, the just shall live by faith. We're justified by faith and not by works. And he nailed those 95 theses. Remember that? In the cathedral at as we would say, worms, but they would say verm, worms, worms, worms. We're celebrating the 500th year of that. And you know, I don't want this world to tell me this is how you should live your life and this is the success metric. Listen, if all there was was this life, I would agree with them. Get all you can. Live it up. Even Paul said that. He said, he said, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, he said, then neither will you be. And he said, you might as well, you know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die, and that's it. But I don't believe that, do you? How do I measure success in my life? Am I a fisherman for Jesus? Just some things to ponder. Well, we've talked all this month about welcome home. And it's really about welcoming home all those sheep out there that don't know the shepherd yet. All those people that Jesus died for. All those people that are in our world. We don't have to go someplace special. We don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to the furthest reaches of the world. You can just go right to your neighborhood. Right where you work. Right where you live. Right where you shop. There's plenty of fish to be caught. Just keep your heart before God right. And every day you purpose God. You show me where to fish who to fish for, what kind of bait I need to give. You know, because we talked about that. Not every fish bites the same bait. And sometimes God will have you to sow. Sometimes He'll have you to water. And sometimes it'll be those wonderful times when you're on the scene and you get the reap. Now, we all like the reaping. I got to admit, don't we? But all of it's important because there is no reaping if someone doesn't sow and some wasn't, doesn't water. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, as we conclude this series about Welcome Home, God, we want to put out the welcome mat here at Passion Church. And Lord, we are Passion Church, not just Passion Church when we meet on Sunday, but all throughout the week as we go throughout all the river region, Father. We are Passion Church. We are your people. That's what I'm talking about. That's where we put out the welcome mat. 
Father, use us to sow, to water, and to reap. That as we follow you, you make us to be fishers of men. And Lord, our success metric will be that we follow you, we do your will, you make us fishers of men, and we will lay up treasures in heaven, crowns, imperishable crowns. But Lord, the greatest reward of all will be two simple words, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me give you some announcements real quickly, then we're going to dismiss you and let you go. Ladies, got any ladies in here? Maybe some who are not here, let them know. Next Sunday evening, December 3rd, 5 to 7 p.m., right here in Goodwin Hall, upstairs in room 204. There's going to be a women's meeting, light refreshments. Each lady is asked to bring a dirty Santa gift. Now, let me explain what that means, because somebody thinks, dirty Santa, I mean, can you say that in church? You know, you bring a gift, somebody takes the gift, and then they open the gift, and if somebody else likes the gift, they can take the gift from them, and they take another gift, and so, you know. Anyway, gifts should be no less than $2, no more than 10 They're going to have lots of fun, holiday fellowship, bring a friend, so let people know. Also, our children's choir, I was up there this morning, they're rehearsing, is going to be having a special Sunday evening concert, December 17th. This is something great to invite people that don't know the Lord, you know, something about children, you know, you don't feel threatened by a child. So it's going to be a children's concert at 6 o'clock. The children rehearsing uh, every Sunday morning up there, there are going to be more rehearsals, so if you have children or teens that love to sing, uh, let them know, get them involved. If you have any uh, questions about that, you can talk to Tatiana Webb, you can talk to uh, Ann Eva Bayero. Uh, different ones, Sheila uh, Brickhouse, no, not Brickhouse, Sheila uh, Bowling, excuse me, Sheila Bowling. Excuse me, Sheila Brickhouse. They can let you know. Also, next Sunday, new service time, 10.30. We're going back to our original 10.30 meeting time. Hallelujah. So you'll get out in time to go to lunch on time. You know, one of the reasons it was at 1130 is because there was somebody here in, ahead of us. But they moved on to another location, and so we now have the 1030 slot. So everybody say with me, 1030. 1030. What's happening at 1030 next Sunday? <laughs> okay. Be sure. We, we'll, we'll be letting you know. We'll follow this up. But, uh, you know, anybody that you know of that's not here, you know, uh, uh, send them a, a text or a tweet or call them or send up a smoke signal, however you do it. Find a pay phone, call them, I don't care. I don't even know if you got a, there are pay phones anymore. So that's a new service time. Also, if you are here for the first time today, uh, Cindy and I would like to meet you and just say thank you for being here. We'll be down at the front uh, right after dismissal. If you'd stand up on your feet real quickly, I'm going to dismiss you and let you go. Sorry, went over four minutes.
Praise the Lord. Father, thank You as we go that we keep You close to our heart. We follow after You with all that's in us. Our focus is on heavenly things this week and in the weeks ahead. Father, we're going to lay up treasures, heaps on heaps of treasures in heaven. Thank You, Father. I thank you for my faithful brothers and sisters, those who are serving, Lord, in children's church and in other areas. We just speak a blessing over them. Thank you for their faithfulness. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great weekend, God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.